What is up, world? I'm Lisa. And I'm Eric. And welcome back to the Music Matters Media Podcast. And today, we are going to be reviewing an album that just came out over the weekend, released on November 30th, called A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships by the 1975. I'm excited. There is a lot to talk about today so i just want to jump right into it but obviously before we can do that we have our international top three of this week eric are you ready ready okay coming in at number three we have mexico nice nice mexico going strong shout out to mexico staying in the top three gotta give them respect they've been holding on for the past couple weeks so shout out to them coming in at number two we have a country that has been dethroned once again always remains top three, though. Eric, you know who I'm talking about by now. The United Kingdom. Wow. Okay. But wow, competition is heating up, man. It is. It is. I feel like these countries, every time I look, I never know by the time that we're going to record who's going to take what spot because it's just that close right now. Yeah, but they are diehards. They always stay in the top three. So there's that. And we love them for that. But you know who we love even more this week? We love number one. Our number one spot is Brazil. (laughs) Nice, nice. I knew they'd make a comeback. Nice. So shout out to our top three international countries of this week. And once again, they are number three, Mexico, number two, the United Kingdom, and number one, Brazil. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you to our listeners all across the world who come back and click play on our podcast every week. We cannot thank you enough. You guys are the best. Yeah, you guys are amazing, man. So thank you guys so much. And have no fear. If you want to make our top three next week or any week after that, all you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your families, with any loved ones you may have. And we could be shouting you out next. Eric, I am really excited about this episode. You have known that the 1975 has been one of my favorite bands for the past few years now, at least. And I was really looking forward to this album dropping this year. I remember us talking about it a couple months ago when the singles were rolling out. And now it is finally here. Eric, upon first listen, how did you feel? Upon first listen... I actually found a lot of things that I liked about it, to be very honest with you. You know, it definitely had a lot of sounds that made me go, wow. So I was like, wow, this is a really awesome album. However, I will say this, I had really no basis for listening to this album. I have never listened to the 1975 prior to now. So I had a small idea of what their sound could be like, and I did find that throughout this album. However... 
this album was also wildly different than whatever preconceived notion I had in mind. I love this review that we're about to do because we have two people sitting here on the opposite ends of the spectrum. We have one that really does not know that much diving in for really the first time ever through their discography, through this album, trying to gather their sound and, uh, you know, trying to really dissect everything. And then we have somebody on the other end of the spectrum who has been a fan for quite some time now and loved their previous album to this, their sophomore release. I like it when you sleep for you are so beautiful yet so unaware of it. That was in 2016. So there is a lot of expectation on on my end here, right? But that's what I love about this because going into it, we can really have two different perspectives of what this album really is. Once again, this album is their third their debut album, which is self-titled, came out in 2013, I Like It When You Sleep in 2016, and now we have a brief inquiry into online relationships here at 2018, and I cannot be more happy with the final result of this album, and I gotta tell you, going into it, uh, hearing those singles prior to the album, if you, th- if anybody listened to those singles and thought that the album was going to sound remotely like those singles, they were very mistaken because there is so much offered here on this album and there is no one specific genre or style to this album. It is so eclectic. There is so many different tastes here. There is literally, I say that a lot about different projects, but there is literally something on here for everybody. They normally are an indie type of band. However, here they dip into, we have gospel choirs here. We have jazz elements in here. We have electronic elements. We have auto-tune. We have keyboards, synthesizers, guitars, literally something for everybody. There, there, there is even R&B aspects to this album. Uh, you know, still the same pop elements as before, but just enhanced and a lot of jazz, surprisingly jazz elements on this, um, which I personally loved. So a lot of surprises on this album. That's definitely an understatement. It was not a boring listen by any stretch. You know, as soon as it starts, it's just one of those things that really pulls you in. And, you know, especially for me, not having listened to them before, I really had no idea what to expect. So it was a little bit more exciting because I was like, you know, I know I haven't listened to anything prior. So I'm really, really interested to see where this goes. Yeah, Eric, you really had a fresh uh, set of ears going into this album because you really didn't have any expectations prior to to where what the standard should be and anything to really compare it to and stuff like that uh but i really like that about you sitting here and reviewing this with me right now for that fact that you can really appreciate this album for what it is and not compare it to previous projects yeah, you know, like I said, I had a I had an idea of what their sound was like, and there were some songs on here where I was like, okay, you know, that, that kind of, that tracks, uh, that's more or less what I imagined they would sound like, but I would say for 90% of this album, you know, the whatever idea I had was just completely shattered, because I was like, you know, wow, these guys have a lot of depth, you know, they really incorporated a lot of genres in here, and they did it well. And that is the main, I'm so glad that you said that, that is the main 
I think, focus of this album was to let people know and give the listener a little bit of a taste of everything to show that they can excel outside of that indie pop rock box that they've been put into for the last couple of years. I feel like this album was throwing things at the wall, throwing different musical styles and genres at the wall and seeing what would stick. But looking back at it now, for the most part, they really excelled on everything that they tried to experiment with. And it wasn't just the music that stood out, the lyrics too. You know, I feel like this is an album that is very self-aware about a lot of things, especially in our generation. It speaks to a lot of different themes such as technology, relationships, social media. You know, it's it's very much an album of the times. It also touches upon drugs. It also touches upon the social climate of everything that's going on right now, which is just as equally as important. Uh, there are a lot of themes throughout that are very relevant and prevalent to the millennial experience. Yes, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that word, millennial, because I actually saw a very interesting review that said that this album is the millennial version, so to speak, of Radiohead's OK Computer. I saw that as well. And, well, we'll get into it once we really start talking about everything, but I can definitely see why the comparison was made, because I've heard OK Computer, and I can see why someone would say that. So let's actually dig in, shall we? Yeah, let's. Okay, so going into this album, what are some songs that stood out to you and why? Oh man, I, I w- a lot of them did actually. Um, I would say Two Time, Two Time, Two Time is definitely one of them. You know, I, I really love how danceable that beat is. The autotune I was a little on the fence about, but the more listens I gave it, the more I warmed up to it. That song is infectious. Yes. When that song came out, uh, it came out as one of the singles, and I saw the music video for it as well. I don't know if you got a chance to see that. No, I did not. You should, uh, because it is so much fun. It involves literally everybody from every uh, race and gender and culture, and it's just a really cool uh, party between them and the lead singer of the band, Maddie. And I love the vibe of the song, and it's one of those songs that really will get stuck in your head and you know I find myself listening to this song and then even when I'm not listening to it I'll be around the house doing stuff and I'll be humming the lyrics and and you know dancing to the beat in my head I'm like oh my god it's still stuck in my head but yeah I truly love that song it is so infectious you cannot help but listen to it and want to dance it puts you in such a good mood it's definitely the most feel-good song on this album or at least one of them in my opinion and uh this song is also very, very similar uh, musically to another song that was released this year. It was off of No Rome's album, and the song was called Narcissist, and it was featuring the 1975, and that song has been stuck in my head ever since I played it as well. And honestly, I think it's been my most played song of 2018 thus far. I know we only have a few weeks left of 2018, so I feel like this is going to take the top spot for my most listened to song of this year. Love that song. So that song has a lot of similar qualities to Two Time off of this album. Musically is the same vibe. I love the vibe of uh, both songs. And yeah, Two Time is a great song. 
It's funny you said the word infectious because <laughs> uh, last night I was trying to go to sleep and I could not get that song out of my head, no matter what. Right? How good is that? And it, you cannot help but listen to the song and it not put you in a good mood and you not want to dance to it and have fun listening to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just one of those songs that you find yourself tapping your foot against your will, really. <laughs> and what other songs stood out to you on this album as well? So other songs that stood out were Give Yourself a Try, How to Draw a Petrichor, Be My Mistake, Sincerity is Scary, and It's Not Living If It's Not With You, just to name a few examples. I really love the different styles of music across all those songs, especially, like you said, the smooth jazz influences. And also another thing I love is just how much detail every song has, all the different sounds they have. It can go from one mood to another in a heartbeat. Uh, the robotic vocals on some of these songs are really cool. They, all I can say, generally speaking, is they really want all out with this album. And I've actually been dying to ask you, uh, what did you think about this upon first listen? Because I know you said that this album is totally different from their previous albums. So I want to ask the expert here who's had experience, what did you think of the new sound compared to the previous two albums? Honestly, upon first listen, my first reaction was being completely confused. And and that's the honesty of it. Not in a bad way, not in a good way, just where I had to really go back and with repeated listens, digest some of these songs because they've gone into territories on this album that they've never gone before. And like I said about that earlier, they're really trying to break all these barriers down of whatever preconceived notions that some people may have of the band and what they're capable and what they can do. And on this album, they really branched out. And like I said, they dipped into all these different styles of music. And not only did they do that, but in my opinion, I think that they really excelled for the most part in being extremely versatile on this album. So my first reaction, I was definitely confused and definitely had to really go back and absorb everything that I just listened to. But upon repeated listens, this is definitely one of their better pieces of work, in my opinion. When you did listen to it uh, the first time, was it? were there any turnoffs to the album that you felt? Or was it more just like... You know, I'm a bit confused, but I'm very much still intrigued by it. I was definitely intrigued by it because for me personally, I listen to all types of things uh, across the board. There's not like one specific thing where I'm constantly listening to that all the time. I mean, I do have preferences of, you know, I like uh, maybe pop punk instead of, you know, listening to a lot of grunge stuff or stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I do dip into a little bit of everything and I do give everything a chance and I really love all the styles that they worked with here because like I said, this wasn't just a straightforward indie, pop, rock, alternative type of album. This had a little bit of everything. It had elements of R&B, it had gospel, it had jazz, it had uh, electronic elements so there was a lot to really absorb and take in on this album. Uh, but at the same time, I was intrigued by it because I didn't know going into the next song and the next song what possibly could be waiting around the corner for me. And here's another question I want to ask. 
being that, you know, you know so much more about them than I do, I just wanted to ask, do you think that, you know, given all of these wide styles of music that they incorporated now, do you think they did it without losing the root of their sound, the root of what makes them the 1975? I definitely think that they achieved uh, what they set out to do on this album without losing who they are because you still have Maddie's witty and truthful and vulnerable lyricism on this and there are songs here that are straight up you can lift them and put them on a previous album and they would fit right in so I think that they did cater to their hardcore fans of why we love them in the first place but I think that they took the liberty to really use the majority of the album to branch out and really go to unknown territories. That's great to hear because I I feel like some bands who try to really step outside of their comfort zone and incorporate other sounds not typical of their normal or core sound, they don't do it that well or they try to come off as, you know... Oh yeah, we can know. we can definitely name a few. I mean, we're not going to do that, yeah. but I have a couple people in mind now that you just said that. Um, but yeah, I agree. It it really is one of those things where you have to balance it out of how are we going to approach this new music by things not getting stale and not just, you know, pandering to a certain audience and still be able to go and try new things and really branch out and experiment and feel that there's something fresh here being delivered. And I think that there's a fine line between the two. Uh, You can't really go too much one way or the other without getting criticized for it. But I think they did it very gracefully here on this album. Like I said, there is really something here for everybody to enjoy, even if you're just a casual fan or even if you have never listened to them before, like somebody like you, and they just come in out the gate with the third album instead of listening to their prior albums. People will be pleasantly surprised with what they find on this album. And I also just want to say that every single one of the band members did an amazing job with with their instruments, with playing them. It's definitely some of the most tasteful music I've heard, especially on guitar as well. I really love a lot of the guitar parts on this album because they're the right amount of distorted, but not too much. It's kind of like a sweet distortion, if that makes any sense. It goes perfectly well with the mellow overall sound of the album, but it's not any less aggressive, if that makes any sense. Totally makes sense. And for me, what I love about this album is the lyricism. Uh, Maddie always does fantastic with, you know, putting pen to paper and getting his thoughts out there. He's always extremely truthful and he's not one of those people that is just going to sell out and, and, you know, he knows what people want, but he's not going to go and, you know, cater to what they want. He's going to go with what he feels in his gut is true and what's right. And he's never going to paint himself in a better light than uh, than what reality is. And that's what I love about him because it's so easy, especially when you are your narrator, to kind of paint a picture and portray yourself in a certain light. Uh, but what I love about him is he sticks to the reality of the situation and uh, the lyrics on this album is what really drew me in. Regardless of the musical styles of each song, the lyricism was something that was so strong and so present throughout. Yes, it's definitely very true. You know, on some songs, you 
depending on what the subject matter is, you really feel it. You know, whether it's more the more personal subjects like the pressure of getting married and settling down versus not really wanting to, but still wanting to be with that person to the more social commentary. You know, there's definitely something on this album where you can walk away saying, you know, I, I really relate to that because I've lived that, you know. Even on songs like It's Not Living, If It's Not With You, that was one of the singles that came out prior to the album's release. And listening to the song, it sounds like this happy, romantic, upbeat kind of song. And it truthfully is about his drug addiction. And uh, he recently just got out of rehab. He went to rehab for several weeks for uh, opioid and heroin addiction. And so this song was a brutally honest take on that. And uh, I saw in an interview that he did, he was talking about at the time how he felt so strongly and he was so deeply far into this addiction that drugs was something that he literally could not live without at the time. You know, the 1975 has always discussed drugs in their music, but this time around, uh, it's not something that's being glorified. You know, and I don't think the purpose of them mentioning drugs before was ever to be glorified. Really, it was just more of that true, honest narration of things that were going on in his life. Therefore, putting it out there for the world to be that vulnerable to listen to what he's going through and the type of lifestyle that he was living. Yeah. And now it's it's interesting to see the same topic through a different lens. You know, it's no longer just this is a part of my daily life. No, this was something that was the only aspect of my life that I couldn't get away from, you know? So it's really interesting to see it from a different perspective now as compared to then. And just as a side note, I love that the band themselves really are a brotherhood. Uh, it's been the same members since the beginning. They all are so close and they all are so creative and add, you know, each person adds their own, uh, personal touch to what makes the 1975 and I know that a lot of the focus goes on Maddie the lead singer but without each and every individual in this band they wouldn't be able to produce the music that they produce and I strongly believe that and I love that they are such a brotherhood so close with each other fun fact they even paid for his trip to rehab so that's how much you know outside of the music that they love and care about each other, that this is not just a job. It's not just, I'll see you when I see you, strictly business. This is who they are as people. And that also really shows through their music as well. And I love that you mention all of them because, you know, I can't tell you how many bands I've heard about where the focus goes to the singer and everyone else gets shut out just because, you know, maybe they're not as interesting to the fans. So I love that you said that because it's true. You know, every single person in this band plays an important role in the overall sound. If they didn't, this album wouldn't have come out the way it did and wouldn't be as interesting as it is. Could not agree more. And Eric, right about now is the time of the podcast where we dive into our favorites, honorable mentions, and least favorite. We will start out with our least favorite. Just get it out of the way. Rip it off like a Band-Aid. What was your least favorite song off this album and why? So before we get into that, this one is going to also be very interesting because prior to you know this album, when we did least favorites, favorites, and honorable mentions, I could somewhat 
kind of guess what yours would be, and you could do the same with me. Now, you know, the stakes are really high because neither of us has any idea. We have no idea. I even said that before we got on today to record. I said, Eric, this is the very first time that we are going to sit here, and I really have no idea what you are about to say, what your thoughts, how you feel about the album, what songs did you like, what songs that you did not like. So everything that you hear, as always, is going to be a surprise for the both of us, but this one truly uh, we haven't touched upon this at all, so this is going to be really interesting. And with that being said, Eric, which song on this record is your least favorite and why? My least favorite is I Like America and America Likes Me. It's my least favorite because mostly of the autotune, and I'll explain why. I am not opposed to autotune. I know that a lot of people either hate it or love it. Yeah, that's the case with me too, but I usually try to stay neutral with these things. I'm in the middle. The way I see it is, autotune works, and it doesn't, depending on how you use it. And in my opinion, it doesn't really work well for me on this song. I kind of feel like maybe it's the range of Matt's voice, maybe it's how high he's singing. The autotune just kind of, you know, really drills on my ears. It doesn't feel comfortable, it doesn't feel great. You're going to think that Miley's favorite is a cop-out. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I don't know, because... All right, what is it? My least favorite is How to Draw slash Petrichor. No, I don't think it's a cop-out. I only said that because for the most part, it could be seen as an instrumental, uh, you know, like an interlude track. However, there are lyrics on this track. It's just one of those tracks that it doesn't add to the album for me because going back and really dissecting this album and trying to figure out favorites, least favorite, honorable mentions. For the least favorite, I, I thought to myself, which song can I go back and literally take out of this album and remove it and the album would still feel complete to me and it wouldn't take away from the importance and the whole vibe of listening to the album. So that is how I came to that conclusion for me, it's just one of those songs that it doesn't really add much to the album. I know the point of it is really to kind of just push things along, uh, but the way that they went about it, there's so many ways that you can do that, and I just think that uh, this is a forgettable track on, on this record. Fair enough, fair enough. I actually did like that one, but it it didn't make my list, but I, it's one of the ones that definitely stood out to me more. Speaking about your list... Moving forward, we're going to go to the positives, as always. Honorable mentions. So two honorable mentions. Songs that you really enjoyed and liked, but they just fell shy of making your top five favorites. What are they and why? So before I go into that, you'll be surprised that for the honorable mentions and the top five, I actually did rank them in order. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right, Eric, let's hear it. All right, so my two honorable mentions in order would be Love It If We Made It and Two Time, Two Time, Two Time. Very nice choices, very nice choices. And why did you choose those two for honorable mentions? So like you said, I love the songs and they were great. But, you know, the, the other five, you know, I felt more strongly about. But I love these two because, you know, first of all, they're two completely different styles of music. Love It If We Made It, I love the conscious lyricism. It is probably the song on the album that most speaks to our generation and our current, you know, social climate. And I love the 80s feel of it towards the end. This is going to be a very weird comparison, but the ending of it, I'm not saying it's similar to 
the song structure, but it reminds me in spirit to All Night Long by Lionel Richie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I could definitely see that. Yeah, it's got a very danceable, you know, upbeat, you know, feel towards the end of it with the horns and everything. It's really great. And I love that about this band. They do that so well where they put these dark lyrics that really make you think and combine them with this happy upbeat glossy finish on these songs uh reminding me a lot like paramore's latest album after laughter where you really have to sit there and listen to the song itself of what the narrator is saying throughout otherwise you will miss it completely because you're too busy dancing and having a good time listening to it where you're like yeah this is a happy song and then you sit down and you really listen to the song at its core and you're like wow this is a really uh hard-hitting song yeah that's the one thing about the 1975 you can't listen to or at least i get the feeling that you can't listen to their albums without giving a very i guess broad look at the lyrics i kind of feel like they're much more complicated than just a simple love song you know there's there's usually more than one meaning attributed to the songs eric i'm glad that you picked that up because you couldn't be more right about that there are always several meanings behind songs and that's what i love is dependent upon the listener will be how they interpret certain things and it's not always just about a love song there are a lot of things that are going on in maddie's life that he tackles through music and there are a lot of different subjects on these albums, uh, this album and previous albums. So I'm glad that you picked up on that. And the reason why I love Two Time, Two Time, Two Time is, as I said before, it's such an, such an addicting song. The groove is really catchy. It's a song that'll get stuck in your head for days. So for my two honorable mentions, I have, and you might be surprised by this, I have sincerity is scary and i like america and america likes me those are my two honorable mentions for sincerity is scary um this is a fantastic song i love the song i love everything about this song instrumentally uh lyrically um they just came out with a music video for it by the way eric your homework at the end of this episode is to go home and watch these music videos because i think it really helps bring the story of the song to life so um that's always a fun thing. And what I love about the 1975's music videos, they're always hidden gems and references to previous uh, videos and previous work that they've done that they carry throughout and that they throw in their new stuff. So for all the hardcore fans out there, they'll be able to point out things of, oh, that's a reference to that or that's from that. So I think that's really cool and something special for uh, fans of the 1975. So I love that. Um, so yeah, those are my two honorable, and then with, I like America and America likes me. See what I'm saying? It's dependent upon the listener because I really like the autotune of this song. It just fell short to the quality of the other songs in comparison. However, it's still a song that I would listen to. It's not a song that I would skip. And I really like that he, um, explored the auto-tune on the song. And I do like the lyrics at its core. The beauty about, you know, our discussions and the different opinions we have is that, like you said, what maybe doesn't sound good to one of us will sound good to the other. And that's how it should be. You know, it should never be like a definitive uh, statement. Now, can you imagine if the world was that way? In the words of Matt Healy, I too would love it if we made it.
I love what you did there. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So, moment of truth. Top five. Top five. We'll start with number five. Eric, for me, my number five is love it if we made it. Nice. Very nice choice. Very nice. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> and that had to make my top five because of the fact that it's just so relevant and aware of everything that's going on in the world right now. It really describes the experience of the social climate going on right now. And that's why it made my top five. Also, I love the instrumental on this track. Um, and I love the music video for it as well. So the whole combination between the lyrics, instrumental, music video, I was sold from the start that it came out. And it was one of those songs that really over time just made it higher and higher on my list. So definitely one of those songs. If you don't listen to anything else on this album, I highly suggest you check this track out. And what I love about the lyrics specifically is that Matt doesn't hold back. You know, I feel like some people may want to be subtle in their lyricism, particularly when talking about such a subject like that. He doesn't hold back. He directly makes references to our culture. And I think that's important. And that's why it had to make my top five. So there you have it. Coming in at number five, love it if we made it. Love that song. One of the best songs that the 1975 has put out, in my opinion. So my number five is The Man Who Married a Robot. Interesting. Wow. Okay, Eric, and explain why. The storytelling. It's just so well done. And I th this is probably their most Radiohead moment, in my opinion. You know, with the very technical like vocals and yeah you have you have word. you have the guy on there that sounds like siri he sounds like a uk version of siri and he's explaining the story and this is where the online relationships part comes into play especially on this track yeah and radiohead did that too on their okay computer album not not this specific lyrical subject but more the format of the song with very uh mechanical like vocals the reason why I love this song is because, like you said, it, it really talks to the relationship between human and technology. And it can be pretty scary how dependent some of us are on that technology, especially when we feel alone. You know, that dependency to confide in this thing that seems like a living, breathing person, but it's really not. You really feel for the person in the story, the need to connect with someone or something yet being aware that what he's doing isn't healthy. Because yes, the lyrics may say he's confiding in this thing, he's telling it all its secrets, all of its details of his personal life. But as you and I both know, what goes on the internet is not a secret. Of course, of course not. And I think that is the genius behind this song, is because the person in the song is acting as though that they could confide and rely and trust in the internet, but we all know what the internet truly is capable of, which is completely um, dependent on your experience and what you do with it. Exactly. And like you said, that's, that's a good word, good word to describe the song. It's a very genius aspect of it, but not just musically, but lyrically, especially lyrically. And that's why this one definitely makes my top five. And I also love the reference at the end of the song to Facebook, uh, meaning that, you know, 
spoiler alert, when uh, the guy passes away on Facebook, they do the memorials now for if the person is no longer here, but their page is still up. And the last line of the song is, you can find him on Facebook. Yeah, and it's kind of a tragic ending to a tragic character because in his mind, he thought that he could trust this thing that he was so in love with when really the reality was quite different all along. It's a very introspective song. Um, Not a lot of people are going to get it at first, and I really highly suggest you listen to that one over uh, a couple times so you can really gather what is truly going on and what the real message behind the song is. It's not as surface level as uh, people may think. Yeah, definitely not. So going into number four, I chose I Couldn't Be More In Love. Nice. Very nice. I love that song. Upon first listen, when I first listened to this album throughout, this is one of the songs that stood out to me. I love the message behind the song. I love the lyrics of the song. I love the way that it sounds sonically. Um, Everything about this song has made me feel that I couldn't be more in love with it. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh, My number four was Inside Your Mind. Ooh, very cool. Very cool. And why is that? The singing is just phenomenal. You know, I love how low Matt makes his vocals go, but they sound very powerful. That's what I love about it. He really puts it all into his lungs to sing this one. And I also love the lyrics and the guitar is amazing. It's one of the songs where the guitar is more aggressive. I love the dramatics of this song. too. Yeah, that's that's the best word to describe it. It's a very dramatic, not theatrical song, but it's definitely uh, got a lot of feeling in it. So moving forward, coming in at the number three spot, I put mine. Nice, nice. So the reason why I chose mine is I love the jazz elements in this song. This song really stood out to me on the album because I was not expecting them to go into this territory at all, but I'm so glad that they did. I was like, wait a minute, am I listening to the 1975 or am I listening to Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, the the instrumental in here with with the jazz elements felt like it could have been lifted. And uh, from from something like that, I loved it, though. It was so smooth. And the lyrics of the song, the fear of commitment. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Could I not relate more to a song? (laughs) (laughs) I'll have something to say about that, too. So, yeah, with the lyricism of this song, I just felt it at the core. And uh, I love the way that he gives this vocal delivery on the song and This is one of those songs that I'm always going to go back to and play over and over again. And I feel like I'm just going to love it more over time. Yeah, yeah. I'll have something more to say about that, too. I really, truly love this song. I know we had to pick a top five. Um, I don't even know truly if it's the number three spot. It could possibly be number two. But I put one and two specifically for the amount of times that I played them. And that's how I... uh, distinguish my list but mine uh it's a truly beautiful beautifully written and uh sung song couldn't agree more just a bit of advice don't listen to that song before your wedding night (laughs) when you when you guys listen to it you'll understand what i mean you might not make it down the aisle (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. So my number three is I couldn't be more in love with you. Oh, Eric, I am so glad that that made your top five list because I truly love that song. Why do you love it? The vocals, the lyrics, that guitar solo. Oh, yes. It's all just pure class, man. It's such a well-crafted song. And, you know, for anyone who's a hopeless romantic like me, (laughs) uh, it's definitely the song that, uh, that speaks to those emotions. Eric, what about these feelings that I've got? About this song. <laughs> yes. that When he says that line, I I felt it. Yeah. Doesn't it hit you? Yeah. It's like a yeah. kick in the chest. It's like, yes, oh, we've yes. all been there before. Yeah, exactly. Going into my second spot, Eric, it was one of your honorable mentions. Two time had to put it on my top five faves because of all the wonderful things that we have already touched upon with that song. I played it so many times since it came out, and I still haven't gotten tired of it. So, therefore, easy for me to to throw it in the number two spot. If you guys don't get it by now, go listen to it. <laughs> We've mentioned it enough times already. Most definitely. And what about for you, Eric? What made your number two spot? So, my number two spot was your number three. Mine. Nice. You see, that's what I was. We're on the same wavelength because that's what I was. I was like, I don't know if I should put it three at two. I feel like over time that it could be higher. Regardless, I knew that it had to make the list. I am so glad that it made yours as well. Why did it make yours? Before I say that, you're going to like this even more. I also fought with myself to put it either at number two or number one. And this is why because of that smooth jazz. Yes. You know, it's... It's It's amazing. Yes. And, you know, I love jazz. I'm a fan of jazz. I love all the greats, you know, Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, John Coltrane. And, you know, granted, they're a completely different style of jazz than this. But I love jazz in general. And this style of jazz that they incorporated in this song, oh, man, it's just so amazing. Truly incredible. Like, think about that for a second. We're talking about the band The 1975 here. And then we're talking about the smooth jazz on this song. You know, a combination that nobody really would have thought twice about. And they just do it so effortlessly. And it just sounds so good listening to it. It is such a good song. As for the lyrics, I can definitely, you know, understand that uh, fear of commitment. But at the same time, I can understand the desire to not let go of the person. You know, you're not sure if you necessarily want to take that big step just yet, but you know that you love them enough to not let them go either. It's Yeah, exactly that. It's not the fact that he doesn't love and adore this person to death because he does. It's just he's not sure if he's ready to take that next step and lock it down for the rest of his life. And holy crap, if that doesn't speak to me, then I don't know what does. <laughs> yeah, because he speaks about the pressure of settling down and the expectation everyone else has of him, you know, tying the knot. But in his mind, it's like, you know, I... I love this person. Shouldn't that be enough? You know, the fact is I love her. Why do we need to rush things? You know, and I, there's not a single person who doesn't understand that, you know, such a good song, easily a top five song. I'm glad I made your list. And I'm also so glad I couldn't be more in love made your list as well. Eric, we are doing so well here. I love that. Even though we had no idea going into this, we still You know, we still have very similar tastes in what we like and what we don't like. And uh, I think that's something that's really cool. Definitely. Especially because, you know, 
this was my first time listening to this album. Yours too, but you have much more history with the band. So it is pretty cool that we have similar lists. Coming in the number one spot. Eric, this is how I truly feel about you. It's not living if it's not with you, Eric. That is my number one pick. That is my number one choice on this whole entire album. I love that song to death. It is the most, quote unquote, even stated by the band, the 1975 song on this album. This was what I was referring to earlier when I said it could literally be lifted and thrown on one of their previous albums. And this is definitely one for the fans. And I love this song to death. While it is not my number one, that is also how I feel about you. Just so you know. Aww. <laughs> but my number one is I Always Want to Die Sometimes. Wow. Wow. Okay, so let's hear it. Why is it your number one? It rocks the hardest. That's why. I mean, this song is just the best way to close this album. Yeah, I what love, a way to close the album. I love the vocals. You know, it's definitely one of my favorite vocals by Matt on this album. The guitars are fantastic. I love that it's it's not heavy, but it definitely rocks hard without, you know, being heavy, if that makes sense. I love the fact that you appreciated the song. It is definitely a solid song. I couldn't think of a better way to close the album. I agree. Um, it just felt like it just really brought things to a close with the entire album. So great choice. And I love it when bands do that. You know, some I don't know how you feel about closing uh, tracks on albums, but to me, an album is always better when it closes out on a song like this, when it really leaves you feeling satisfied. You yes. know, you you feel like the entire trip was worth it, and you're you're really getting what you came for to have a full course meal, so to speak. And to me, an ending is just as important as anything else on an album. Well said, well said. So Eric, one more time for the people, read your top five. So my top five are The Man Who Married a Robot, Inside Your Mind, I Couldn't Be More In Love With You, Mine, and I Always Want to Die Sometimes. And for me, my top five were Love It If We Made It, I Couldn't Be More In Love, Mine, Two Time, and It's Not Living If It's Not With You. Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to really dig into this album with me and really listen to it and just give it a chance in general. Well, listen, I mean, thank you for, you know, I know I've said this before, but thank you for making me a part of this podcast because without being here, I wouldn't, you know, have the opportunity to step outside my comfort zone or rather I wouldn't be as compelled to do it. If I wasn't here, you know, being your co-host and, you know, coming every week to review something that I've never listened to before, something that I would have never really thought about listening to. It's really cool to be able to step outside of that box or that comfort zone and experiment with different genres because you never really know what you like until you give it a shot. And I think that's one of the overall missions of this podcast to kind of open everyone's ears a little bit. It truly is. And I am so glad that you um, have acknowledged that and that you said that. And thank you for saying that because I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like people will only really know if they like something, if they take the time to actually sit and listen to it and digest it. And it's just criminal that so many good bands and genres of music get overlooked because of things that are hearsay. 
Exactly. And you know what? Even if you listen to something for the first time and you still aren't sold on it, or maybe you halfway are, but not entirely, that's okay because at least you gave it a chance. Exactly. And I hope that the people listening out there feel the same way. And even if I could just reach one person out there to change their mind to be like, you know what, maybe I will give this a try and listen to this group or check this album out or listen to that song, then I feel like I have achieved my mission with this podcast. One of the many things that I plan to achieve by reaching out to all you beautiful people out there listening. So with that being said, perfect way to close out. What did you guys think of the 1975's latest album? What were your favorite songs, your least favorite songs? What did you think of it in comparison to their previous albums? Because it is definitely a departure um, and there is a lot to be said about this album. So I am looking forward to hearing everybody's feedback just as much as I was looking forward to hearing Eric's feedback today. Very pleasantly surprised. So with that being said, you guys, to reach out to us, all you have to do is head over to www.musicmattersmedia.com and contact us through there. And I cannot wait to hear all these responses. And on that note, you guys, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned for our next episode.